The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. Free kick. Absolutely, the Crows were robbed. Right in front of me. Right in front of me. I uh, hope you enjoyed that little treat and a uh, reminder of many years ago, that particular audio clip, but gee, hopefully we'll hear it yet again because we're feeling very, very cocky now, unlike earlier in the year. Um, this is the Port Adelaide Preview Podcast for the Round 20 game against the Adelaide Crows. Uh, it'll be played on Saturday in about four o'clock, I think, at Adelaide Oval. I'm Portia, and joining me, as is often the case this year, is Macca. Macca, how are you? Not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, 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 yeah. Feeling very cocky, which is extremely dangerous. That's uh, that's never a good thing. I think we've discovered over the last, what, six years. So, um, <laughs> right, get ready for a loss, people. Yeah, it's almost as certain as uh, Macca tipping us, really. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yes, yeah. indeed. Well, look, I mean, we'll, we'll just break the, the um, I suppose, the unamazing news first and we'll talk about, you know, the AFL. There's no changes to our side this week, which is... Um, oh. Probably fair. Probably fair. Which is good. Yeah, yeah. They played um, well last week. They did play quite well. Now, getting on to other news, Tom Lynch has apparently told Gold Coast, he's done, he's out, he's not interested. Yeah. And they've done what well, you would not, not be too surprised is happening. They've stripped him of co-captaincy, which is, for three games left, it just doesn't seem worth it. <laughs> I don't know. Do, do you think, do you think yeah. that says anything? Is that actually well, a, a smart thing to do for the club? I, I'm not sure. Probably for on face value for the supporters, I think it does, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Look, this, this has probably been the worst kept secret for 18 months now that he yeah. was going to head back. So well, everyone knew it was happening. So, you know, it's not really that much of a surprise, I don't think. No, probably not. Um, but it is interesting that they sort of did that stripping move because I wonder, he's a restricted free agent. So it's not like a team can just mm. say, here's a pot of money. Gold Coast can still technically match. And in threatening to do so, they can force a trade. I'm just wondering why they wouldn't want to do that. Because you're giving up pick three, and considering that the teams linked to him are Richmond and Collingwood, uh, you're probably not going to get better than pick three, I don't think. Well, um, I, I kind of feel like what they but, could get is not picks, but players, which is desperately what Gold Coast need, is particularly if it's Richmond. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I I do agree on face value, but I don't see it working out. I can see them getting like Dan Butler and some other, you know, half reasonable player, and them just not living up to expectations at Gold Coast. Hmm. And pick three being, I don't know, Isaac Rankin, who goes on to win three Norm Smiths in his first four years, or something like that. Um, so it's yeah, you know, I, I would. I would think in this particular draft, it would be very, very hard to overlook pick three. And to have two two picks in the first three, uh, I think would be pretty... I think they would be pretty keen on that, to be honest. Plus, yeah. you know, what? I don't know. I don't, I mean, the, I'm not the, sure that Richmond or Collingwood would be, um, would be uh, willing to part with a very good player when they can just offer... Um, when they can just offer, you know, a first-round pick, which is going to be what pick... 16 or something. Um, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I don't see how it works out well than matching the offer. But the news is that they are very strongly considering matching the offer. 
So yeah, well, it could well happen. I mean, what else? What else are they going to spend a salary cap on if they if they bring another draft pick for a high price player? You know, like that's from Gold Coast perspective, like that's a real threat, and so that should meet with a genuine trade proposition, I would think. And as sure, but you got to find someone to go up there. Are they definitely going to? Oh, come on! It's not. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not the eighties anymore, yeah. Macca. Yeah, players but, move. Well, what what top grade players have gone to Gold Coast since they've uh, been in the competition? The last couple of years, not many. It happens Not, though eventually, none. even with shit teams. <laughs> except for except for Gary Ablett, who was getting paid like two and a half million dollars or something. This is what um, we were saying about Freya like, when they did the like big deal for Trent Crowe and um, McFarlane years and years ago. You know, eventually every club has players willing to go to them, and if they reckon Stewie Jew's not shit, then who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I can't see like. You know, Tom Lynch is a bloody good player, and on the free market, you know, if you were going to trade a play for him, then say it's Port, then they would be expecting someone like Ollie Wines for him. Now, can you see Richmond trading someone of that stature for uh, for Tom Lynch? I can't imagine it being saying, one for one, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, no, they're not going to give up their their core player. Absolutely not. But they can give up if, a package well, that might be more attractive it, than a pick three or whatever. The, I mean, what is the compensation? We don't know what that is yet, so who knows? Oh, come on. They're definitely getting pick three. Yeah, uh, definitely yeah, yeah getting pick okay, three. okay. <laughs> <clears throat> but look, you know, the choice is to, you know, give up someone like Dustin Martin, which is never going to, obviously never going to happen. Maybe, no. I don't know, maybe someone like Brandon Ellis and, um, and a first round pick might get the job done. Um, outside of that, you know, I think you're going to be hard pressed to find players that will want to go up there, who are part of Richmond's uh, core group when they're a premiership threat, and for the next probably two to three years, especially if you're getting in Tom Lynch as well, um, you're going to be hard pressed to find a player that's going to want to well, go up there as part of a trade. I guess that's the thing that's really, I suppose, in Gold Coast's favour right at this moment is that they have time to think, and also we have time to see how the finals pan out. You know, if Richmond go out in straight sets, well, who knows? <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but that's the sort of thing that finals that finals make a lot of list decisions for teams, particularly at the top end. Um, mm. Sort of interesting, you know. You never know. You never know. And it could be indeed Collingwood that does that. Um, yeah. Well, so. look, it's the same story for Collingwood as well. I mean, they're not going to trade a Trelaw or someone like that, or a Grundy to go up there. But look, what I would do if I was Gold Coast is I would accept pick three, mm. and then use that as trade bait to get. A player that is interested in going up there, yeah, that's um, not necessarily from Collingwood or Richmond. Um, then you can sort of say, "Hey guys, this is a super draft. You got pick three on the table. Come at me," you know. <laughs> and then ma- maybe, maybe you do get some uh, get some de- decent uh, decent bites at that uh, at that bait. You never yeah. know. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But I don't think Richmond, in their position, are going to be able to successfully. But you see that, um, and, and the, I mean the other thing that ends up happening is like if a trade doesn't get done, then he's going to go into the draft. Yeah, he's going to be pretty fucking shitty if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, but well, yeah, don't know. Um, the thing about Richmond though is that if they did bring in Tom Lynch, I mean I don't know, I haven't heard anything about their salary caps. You'd think that any team after winning a premiership, their salary cap gets pretty tight, and so they're going to have to drop. They're going to have to lose, you know paid players to fit in a Tom Lynch anyway if they're offering a big contract to lure him away. Well, not necessarily because, I mean, their side is, you know, was probably one of the most, 
I don't know how to put it. Look, their premiership side had a lot of young players and a lot of players that you would normally consider to be pretty spudworthy, to be honest. Yeah. You know, guys like Jacob Townsend, you know, would be on minimum wage. Uh, Nathan Broad, Dan Butler, Jason Castagna, these sorts of guys as well. And the the rumour is that Rewalt and Rance have both re-signed for well under what they were getting um, okay. to free up some salary cap space as well. Yeah. Um, so it, it could well be that they do actually have a fair bit of cap, salary cap space to spare, just like Port does. You know, yeah. everyone was saying, "Oh, well, Port, you know, they must be bursting at the seams," but we all knew that uh, that wasn't quite the case. Maybe, maybe uh, we'll I, be the ones I to swoop like, in, like Sydney with Buddy Franklin. <laughs> maybe. And I, look, I feel like Richmond might be uh, might be in the same boat. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. They didn't really have an All Australian ruckman suspended for a year, so if they did, they'd have to be extremely clever. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not in history's Richmond's history to be good good list managers to that extent. So I don't know. I reckon there's definitely have to be some outs at Richmond if they did bring in Tom Lynch. But there you yeah. Go. Um, Who would you prefer to go to, Richmond or Collingwood? Uh, that I would prefer to see him at. Um, mm. hmm. I'm not sure. I mean, I think that he'd make the biggest difference at Collingwood. Um, he certainly would. So that's the um, one but, I don't want. But... <laughs> But then he would almost make Richmond, you know, quote unquote, unstoppable, as well. Mm, maybe, yeah. I don't know. Takes a lot of pro- pressure off Rewalt. It's not like they have any other sort of tall, uh, yeah, tall force to pick to either. Lynch, are they going to work well together? Aren't they fairly similar in terms of the area of the ground they cover? No, I think you would play Lynch further down, uh, further back from the square, and Rewalt doing his sort of roaming around that he likes to do. Okay, okay. Yeah, look, I mean, of those two, I'd probably, I don't know, I'd still probably prefer Richmond over Collingwood because, um, like, Collingwood with the missing link, we've seen what happens when that happens, and the last time they got their missing link, which in that case was a Ruckman, was um, a premiership. So, Mm. you know. We saw what we got with our missing link. We finished, what, 11th or something, so that was good. (laughs) Yes, correct. (laughs) All right, enough talking about Tom Lynch, who, who is going to be your Port Adelaide player next year, obviously. Um, mm. let's talk about this week's opposition, the Crows. Oh, and even now, better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Isn't, isn't it wonderful? Um, mm. well, it is a little bit wonderful. Uh, I, when I was doing the rundown for this week, uh, I actually used the one from last time just so I could compare the different situations they're in. So last time we played the Crows, they were 5-2. and two. We thought they were an immense threat. They're now 9-9. Nine and nine, um, yeah. Which means they're, what, four wins, seven losses since the last time we played them. Mm. Um, they lost to Melbourne last week. They had wins against Brisbane and Geelong before that, and they were smashed by Richmond to the tune of 47 points the week before that. So they're not on a great run. Um, no, through. they're not. They, they've struggled this year, no doubt about that. I'm sure mm. the season has not gone anywhere near as planned as what uh, they would have hoped. Bringing in the saviour, Bryce Gibbs, who is going to uh, lead them to a premiership, uh, that's <laughs> uh, almost not going to happen now. So He's trying. Yeah, um, but they're still a big threat. We're not expecting to win this game, are we? I am. I'm hugely expecting to win this game. I'm absolutely expecting to win this game. This is absolutely the type of game that we lose. That, that you know, we Source, shouldn't. who's been, you know, Walker, who's been bloody criticised all week, Source, Jacobs, who's been criticised all week, he's going to come out and win his fifth bloody showdown medal or something and tear a bloody one-legged rider, a new one, 
Walker will kick five goals, and we're going to lose by you know, eight or nine goals. Well, let's Mark talk, it down. Let's talk about Mark what they've down. been doing. Podcast talk... over. Thanks very much, guys. <laughs> See you later. Mic drop. Let's talk, about, let's talk about what they've been doing, though. So, looking at going through the stats again, they're second for kicks right now, and they're only mid-ranked for marks, which is a big difference from where they were before. They're kicking a lot, and they're just not mm. getting anywhere with it, which is the biggest problem with the Crows, you know, when they actually get the system going. And they just have, <clears> yeah. since, since we last played them, they've really struggled with that. Um, yeah. They've now got the most clearances against them in the league, and they're only ninth for clearances themselves, which sort of says that that mm. uh, 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 ruck factor is not really impacting them as much as it used to do. The, the midfield, source factor. The source factor, indeed. The source uh, is stuck in the bottle. Exactly right. The source you know is stuck in the bottle. You know when it sort of, uh, when it sort of congeals over at the top and you squeeze yep. it out and you're like, why isn't anything coming out here? Yep. And you've got to get a knife and just like pop open the little uh, source lid. That's what's happened to the crows in the midfield right now. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and they're falling yep. apart going forward. Uh, they're inside 50s. They've dropped from being sixth in the league to 13th. And, uh, yeah, this is the other thing I said last time mm. we uh, had the preview against them, which is I thought I wondered how much of their uh, ability to force turnovers was from perceived pressure, which was the old, you know, it was the old watchword in the Neil Craig days that sort of brought down the Crows, in that they look like they're going to do something to stop it, but then they actually don't do it. And I've kind of looked at what's happened since we beat them, and they kind of been found out. They're coinciding with the drop in form. They've now got the most contested possession against them in the league, the most one percenters against them in the league. Um, they're just not physically contesting to the same degree they were certainly at the start of the year when they are actually on a good winning run. And I'm just wondering if whether that old, uh, you know, a noose around the neck of perceived pressure has come back to the Crows once more. That uh, it's okay when teams are shitting mm. themselves because they think that something might happen, but when they test it out and see it doesn't, <coughs> they get confidence. Maybe. It's possible. Look, the, the midfield has really struggled. We know they've had a lot of injuries through there throughout the year and, They've really struggled to replace the players that they've lost throughout the season. Mm. Um, and look, they've lost another key player this week in Paul Seisman. So, and he's the Seisman. Been one of their best players throughout the year is arguably in all Australian contention, and um, has been you know just about their main sort of uh, player who can actually win the ball through the midfield and, and deliver it forward mm. um, in space pretty well. Outside of that, they've they've really sort of struggled a bit. You know, guys like Atkins, you know, have gone backwards. Um, they've got a lot of young guys, sort of guys like Gallucci and Murphy, and you know these sorts of players who probably, you know, they're only bit players at the moment. Stood up as much as they would have hoped um, as those sort of second or third stringers. Um, and look, their their back line has uh, has been under threat because of it. Um, you know, Jacobs is really seriously struggled and uh, you've got to say it's probably a bit of surprise that um, he hasn't actually been dropped throughout the season because he has really been that bad uh, some weeks. Well, who's his replacement? Like on the weekend. Well, we always hear about Riley O'Brien who's you know ready to go. Paul Hunter's a, a good player who's around about 22, 23 years old who's, uh, who's a decent size as well. So they've got plenty of options there to, to bring in some you know ready-made ruckman um, who've been in pretty good form in the SANFL for some time. Um, they've just chosen not to do that. Fair enough. Um, and just look, looking at the squad again, Jordan Galucci, who you just mentioned, um, who they drafted ahead of Todd Marshall and Sam Palpepper. Mm. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, look, he's, he's played a few games. He's played a few good games. Um, 
but he's very much only a bit part player yeah. at this point yeah. in time. And yeah. you know, I was expecting him to to get a lot more of the ball than what uh, he has done. Uh, I think he's only averaging about 11 touches a game so yeah. far this year. And look, his first couple of games when he came in, um, he was actually pretty decent. But then uh, he was sort of stuck in a forward pocket or a flank and just hasn't really been able to find that sort of bowl when he's probably more of a natural bowl winner through the midfield and you want to yeah. kind of play him, play him there a bit more. Yeah, look, I mean, I'd, I'd agree with that, um, that he was—he probably just needs to get a bit of touch uh, as a player, but um, that's their problem, that's not ours, so that's that's yes. wonderful for us. Yep. All right, cool. Uh, as we said earlier, there's no changes to our side. We have got emergencies, uh, and they're, you know, unsurprising, I guess, in a way. Billy Frampton, <coughs> Sam Gray, Jack Trengove, and Lindsay Thomas. Um, I, I don't have any complaints about any of that. How about you? No, I think... Um... Look, I think we've probably put out the best team we can. Mm. You know, Sam Gray might have been handy, but then again, maybe not. Um, you know, you've got to go with Ryder, even though he may only play 60% game time. you, yeah. you just got to go with him. Yep. Uh, as opposed to going in with a, uh, a first gamer in the ruck. Well, that was, and the look, time for that was last week, if we were going to do it. Yeah, exactly right, exactly right. Um Look, I'm not really expecting any sort of late changes or anything like that either. I think uh, the, the team's pretty settled and um, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, and it's good to see Kane Farrell manage to get another shot. He was a bit, yeah, well, was a bit proffy last week, but he got that one good goal. Oh, he so. was early. I, I, I liked his defensive pressure. That was the one yeah. thing that I really liked. And it's something that uh, you know debut players can often get caught out in, is that they just sort of bowl watch a little bit and they... Get, maybe get a little bit overawed. They don't know where to run. They don't know what to do. And they just sort of, you know, get lost a little bit out on the field. But the thing I really liked about Kane Farrell last week was that he did put on some really, really good defensive pressure, did a lot of chasing, a lot of harassing, and, and laid some pretty mean tackles as well, um, as well as kicking, uh, you know, a, a wonderful first goal as well. Yeah, and I've got to say, as much as, as much as I enjoy watching the first gamers get their first goal, I mean, that's always really nice and it's always very enjoyable. I did actually also kind of really enjoy seeing him take three steps and get tackled holding the ball <laughs> before that. Like, I just, because it's like, aha, yeah, he's worked that one out now. That's a, that's an excellent lesson for his first potential shot at goal to to yeah. get caught that way. It's very good. He won't make that mistake again. He'll act faster. Yeah. <laughs> Look, whether he plays well on the weekend or not, I'm not too sure. It, you know, it's going to be a, a very hard game, oh. and it, it might be the case. Look, their their back line is probably their best part of their team at the moment, yeah. Yeah. and maybe he gets lost this week playing on you know someone like a Rory Lead or a Luke Brown or someone like that. I don't know. Um, I hope not, and that's maybe why I would have maybe preferred Sam Gray, but well, I'm, I'm happy that they're backing in the kid. And um, and seeing what he can do in a in what is going to be a pretty big showdown. For me, one of the things I like um, for any team playing against the Crows is for them to have a little bit of unpredictability, and I think Kane Farrell does offer that for us. Um, yeah. Because that is the sort of thing that they do tend to struggle with. If if when they do struggle with a player, it's the it's the players that can be a bit doing the unexpected. You know, if they're doing yeah. the expected and they're doing it well, well, there's a good chance the Crows will still beat them. But uh, if they if they're a new player. Who knows? Who knows? It's always fun. Yep. That's it. Yeah, all right. Uh, going to the opposition, unlike us, they're not a settled side. Uh, they're in a bad way, and they've made four changes. So I have. 
the outs, Mitch McGovern and Paul Seedsman with injury. Uh, Kyle Chaney suspended, and, and Jake Kelly dropped. Me, me. Yeah. Well, look, McGovern is someone who uh, he has played well against us a, a yeah. couple of times, and uh, he's one of their genuine match winners, as we saw in the last show now, uh, with what should have been a match-winning goal for them, <laughs> with, sure. uh, with 20 seconds left. Um, and look, as I mentioned before, Seisman's probably been in their top two to three players all year. Uh, so for them to be missing is uh, is certainly a good thing. Uh, the fact they've brought in David Mackay uh, makes me laugh. But I think that's wonderful. And Cam Ellis uh, Lowman, I think that's uh, that's good oh, as well. He's been doing all right this year. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Tom um, Doty's back, isn't he? Meant to be the rising star. Yep. Yep, yeah. he's had a wonderful season. And uh, look, Brody Smith's back from his knee injury in his first game back. So, um, yeah, I'm sure in front of their home crowd, they'll get a bit of a, uh, you know, a bit of motivation from seeing Brody Smith back as well. So that's something that we've got to watch out for. Yeah, look, I mean, I don't think either side's going to be lacking for motivation when it comes to being a showdown in the position the teams are in, particularly given yeah. it's a Crows showdown, you know. Um, the home team that's an well, underdog. It, it feels almost a little mission. bit desperate from from Adelaide. I think Brody yeah. Smith's played the one game in there. If I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's only the one game. Um, and to bring straight in from an injury, I don't know, it feels like a desperate move to try and get that little bit of extra spark from his teammates. And, you know, the crowd's going to go wild when he gets the ball the first few times and all that sort of stuff, so... You know, maybe that's the sort of spark that they need um, to sort of get on top early. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Um, now, look, we have just had a quick... Oh, actually, we'll get to that later. Um, the ruck situation, don't read the rundown because I just realised they didn't update that bit, but it is still Sam Jacobs versus Paddy Ryder. Um, how are we feeling mm. about that matchup? Are we feeling that Paddy's actually going to get the better of it, or at least when he's on? Look, Jacobs has been up and down all year. Mm. Um, you know, he's sort of wavered between being close to best on ground and being close to worst on ground. So, uh, um, look, he's the type of player that does respond from criticism, as we've seen in the past. As we've also seen in the past, he's won two or three showdown medals and has absolutely torn us apart uh, quite a few times. And, look, I I think he is definitely a threat, even though he's had a, a poor year by his standards. I think he is still definitely a threat, especially up against a one-legged rider. You know, it's... Uh, I don't know. As, as I said earlier, this this is the type of game where Sam Jacobs will come out and have 45 hit-outs and, you know, 23 hit-outs to advantage and win another showdown medal because that's what he does. Um, so it's up to Ryder to make sure that that doesn't happen. But there's lots of times that you see Ruckman win contests and the midfield just can't capitalise. And I think that's probably, for me, that I think that's where this match is more likely to be at. Um, even if Jacobs does get away, particularly when Ryder's on the bench, um, are the Crows going to be able to take advantage of his of his uh, dominance? I think so with Crouch, Sloan, Gibbs, LSU Ullman. That's four very, very good Sort of inside midfielders. Oh, sorry, he's um, not Ellis Lawman anymore. He's now just one of the very, very good inside mids. Well, look, he's uh, <laughs> he is certainly still Ellis Lawman, but uh, the one thing that he does do well is win clearances. He can't exactly. use the ball well, but wow. he does get first hands on the ball at stoppages. That's the one thing that he does well. As does Matt Crouch, as does Rory Sloan, as does Bryce Gibbs. So, 
Look, I think if Jacobs gets on top, then we're going to be in trouble. Simple as that. Because you know we've we've seen numerous times this year and last year and the year before that our midfield might be uh, wonderful on paper, but sometimes they don't turn up. Um, yeah. Let's hope this isn't one of those occasions because they do need to stand up on the weekend because uh, Jacobs uh, starts to get on top in the in the ruck and uh, those players start to get first possession in the bowl. Uh, we will be in trouble. Ah, uh, maybe. Yeah, I guess so. We'll see. Um, speaking about the midfield and those the Ellis Lolman, um, obviously you mentioned pretty much the players that uh, are going to be good for them. But mm. I mean, it's just it's not to say that they're just not—they're really struggling to get it forward. Like their inside fifty count's not all that high. Um, so even if they are winning the clearances, like you can win a clearance without really even going forward all that well. You can win a clearance yeah. going backwards or sideways. So that's true. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not convinced that, particularly Jonas in the side right now. I don't know. Our, our defense is looking pretty good again. Do you I think our like... defense is looking pretty good too. Yeah, yeah. and I think our defense is looking good compared to what forwards they've put out on the park for yeah. this particular game. Yeah. Um, you know, as I said, McGovern out is, is huge for us. Yes. Um, you know, Betts hasn't been in good form all year. No. Uh, Jenkins has struggled throughout the year. Uh, Tom Lynch has struggled throughout the year as well. So, yeah. as has yeah. Walker. So, look, they've got a, you know, their forward line is, you know, pretty much a, the entire thing is, you know, you know, good on paper, but hasn't delivered this year um but again they're a big threat you know walker can win a game off his own boot jenkins has kicked a lot of goals against us in the past tom lynch has won showdown medals against us in the past eddie betts pulls goals out of his ass every you know every time he plays us um you know greenwood's a a scoring threat he can kick two or three goals on his day uh they do have options up there i'm pretty happy with how our defense looks uh, against their forward line. And look, to be honest, I am pretty happy with how our midfield looks against theirs too because yeah, yeah. I did mention their sort of four, and you can add Greenwood in that. They've got five really good clearance winners who can win the hard ball. But then, you know, we've got Pow Pepper, we've got Robbie Gray, we've got Wingard, we've got Ollie Wines, we've got Travis Boak. Um, you know, we've got players of our own that can do exactly the same thing. So uh, Rockliffe as well. So I'm not too concerned that we'll get uh, thumped in the midfield, at least... Uh, we shouldn't. Yeah, we should be. Oh, look, I, I reckon we'll at least break even in midfield. I reckon their forward line, Josh Jenkins is the highest goal scorer, which probably tells you a little bit about how they're going. Um, mm. I, I feel like their forwards, like, we should be okay. And going to their defence, you know, obviously, it's not the tallest defence. We have still got Watts and uh, Dixon. And, uh, who, who, I mean, we can't predict Dixon will replicate what he did last week because he generally only does that against shitty sides. But then again, yeah. maybe Adelaide's a shitty side right now. <clears throat> uh, maybe they are, but I, you know, Tali is a very good defender, yeah. and he's had a, a pretty good year. Um, you know, he's going to be he will definitely play on Dixon, and it'll be hard to stop. Uh, Keith will go on West off, I would think. Uh, Watts is the one that might uh, might find a bit of space, yeah, uh, which would be nice. Um, Malera is probably the one that we really have to stop. Like he's been. Uh, you know, he's probably not really delivered on his potential so far, but his last four no. weeks has uh, has taken a big step forward in that. Uh, he's playing across half-back. He's, uh, he's a very, very good user of the ball. Um, so, look, for me, he's the player that um, that I would love to stop 
just because his bowl use is wonderful. Rory Led, we know, picks up obscene amounts of the footy. Sure, sure. Um, probably doesn't have the impact. You know, 30 disposals for Led and 30 disposals of Malera. I'd be wanting to stop Malera's uh, every day of the week. You reckon? In that regard. Okay. Yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah, all right. Well, I guess going past the matchups, unless there's anything else you want to talk about, um, talking about the coach. Um, yes. Not sure. Not sure. We can come back what, to that later. What, if you what, would your def- what would your defensive matchups be on their forwards? Oh, good question. Um, well, see. we know that Jonas has done a good job on Walker. Yeah. Sort of consistently over the years. Yeah. yeah so you would think easy. that they would they would go together. Yeah. Um, I'm happy with Cleary on Jenkins too. I, I've got no issue with that. Um, yeah. That yeah, leaves no. Homsch for Lynch. Is that a, oh, is that a fair matchup? Maybe Cleary for Lynch then. Maybe Cleary for Lynch and Homsch mm. for Jenkins. Yeah, I reckon Homsch could get an advantage on Jenkins. Oh, maybe not. He's a big, big guy, isn't he? Yeah. Um, don't know. Don't know. Where does that leave uh, Lena? Well, I don't know. I don't know how. I haven't really observed too well how well he does in terms of stopping an opponent. Um, mm. So I mean, he's done, he does good things with the ball. That's been good. Um, yeah. As far as actually stopping an opponent, I mean, what's your view on him? Uh, I think he's more of an attacking threat than a defensive threat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him go with someone like Tom Lynch because I think he's got the height, he's got decent athleticism to go with him as well. Does he have the, um, does he have the speed for it? Uh, well, Homsch certainly doesn't. No. And uh, Cleary's probably not all that quick either, to be it's honest. So, um, I don't know, maybe we put someone like Pittard on Tom Lynch. Maybe that's, uh, oh, maybe that's something that we need to think about. <laughs> that's a big one. Maybe Dan Houston. Um, don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing Houston on bets, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, that could be okay. Um, I think Houston's had a great year, a very, very underrated year. He has been good, yes. Mm. It's almost the forgotten person in our team. Is he, though? I don't know. (laughs) He's he's good. A lot of people rate him, but I don't think people have realised just how good a season that he's actually had. No, that's probably fair. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, as for the coach, Don Pike, should we be concerned about him? I mean, I kind yes. of, I, I guess, but I don't know, like, do you know what his contract situation is? Like, if the Crows <laughs> lose this one, is he in danger? <clears throat> well, I don't know. What What is he, 5-1 against us? So yeah, he's definitely a threat. He's definitely uh, a threat. He's definitely a threat. I'm just wondering if he's an extra threat because he thinks his job might be on the line. Is his job on the line? No, is it? That's what I'm wondering. Like, is he at that point yet? Are the crows at that 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 rebellion point yet? After a, nah, a disappointing no, no season? Or... Okay. No, we're near. All right, all right, no. all right. I'll take your word for that. So we'll hang in for next year then. Um, as for psychological Woo-hoo. advantage, it's a showdown. So there is a it really kind of <laughs> isn't one. Um, I think that the the past trend has tended to be that if you've got the winning form, you're more likely to win the showdown. But that is not really a rock solid thing. Um, it's a crows home game, but we won last time. Marginally poor? What do you reckon? How many home showdowns have we won over the years in, in recent history? That, Macca? It's not our home showdown, though, is it? Uh, sorry, how many away showdowns have, have we won? Well, we won the, the really uh, important one, the first one. <laughs> it's 
going back to 14 and 13 <laughs> with the last two. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but 14, 13, and 10. So, but that probably it's says been more a about while. Port than it does about <clears throat> showdown winning possibility. Yeah, look, maybe, maybe. I don't know. It, I, look, I think there is there will be a psychological advantage for the Crows in this game because it is uh, in front of their home crowd. Uh, they do play home showdowns particularly well. Uh, Brody Smith is back. They'll want to dent our finals hopes because um, if we lose this, we're you know top four will definitely be up in the air, and then we're back in the pack again with top eight. So um, you know they've still got a lot to play for the Crows uh, this week. Yeah, but, I mean, I guess the, that does the, the most dangerous thing about the crows is that when they can play for spite, I guess that is probably their most threatening mode. But um, I don't know. I, I just don't think it's going to be enough. But anyway, look, let's go mm. on to questions. But before we do, I'll just read out a question from the speaker chat. Um, well, here's we, just before we go on to questions, yeah, here's, yeah. A, here's a couple of things of mine. Can we win this game without Robbie Gray having a you know standout performance like he did last showdown? It's going to depend on whether the this is this is going to be one of those ones where the, like the total goals or total points kicked thing that you see on bookies sheets is is uh, if it's going to be a low scoring game no if it's going to be a high scoring game yeah he's going to have to kick a few yeah if Ryder is getting done over by Jacobs yeah what can we do to stop um, their midfield from getting on top um. Send a tall guy in, not to win ruck taps, but just to physically contest with Jacobs and negate him. Mm. That's that would be that would be mine. That was what we'd want to do. Yeah, probably give away a couple of frees in doing that. But for the most part, it'd, if if he's getting ahead, getting away, and he's setting up the midfield, then that's what you do. You just try and negate his uh, effectiveness of his taps with yeah. whoever you can. Do we need to start both Robbie and Chad in the midfield this week? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about starting. I'm, I'm not. I'm not always. I'm not always concerned that you have you know every single gun that you got in the team for the first ball up. I'm just no, like I'm not particularly meaning sort of uh, you know for the first ball up and then they go their separate ways. I'm meaning you know for the first you know is that going to be our first string midfield this week? Is with Robbie Gray and Chad Wingard in it? Uh, I honestly don't know, Maka. No idea. Mm. What are your thoughts? I, I would like to see that happen, but I'm a little bit concerned that if we play both of them through the midfield, then it limits our sort of scoring options up forward a little bit. Um, for me, the main concern... No, I, I would, I would yeah. def, definitely be playing chat up for, uh, uh, through the midfield. the midfield. Yeah, yeah, absolutely through the midfield. I think he's been great through there. I think, personally, I would be happy if we didn't see Chad Wingard play much up forward again, because I think um, he's kind of over that. I think the midfield is yep. where his future lies. I think the midfield is definitely where he is most damaging. Yep. And um, certainly on a on a personal level uh, in terms of his form and, uh, and for team structure, I think he's a lot better through the midfield these days. Yeah, I mean, I guess my only concern with having both Gray and Wingard in the middle is that as you've indicated, these matches do tend to have a bit of emotion in them. Uh, it's entirely likely that the game will start with a bit of pushing and all that sort of thing. Um, I don't know that I really want our two-star midfielders in the middle when emotions are at their highest at the start of a game. Mm. Um, so, I don't know. 
know, I'd be willing. I'd be willing to leave them separate at the start, and then you know, if you need them both in at some point, that'd be a last quarter sort of thing. Yeah, is Jack Watts our ace in the pack? Can we see the performance from Jack Watts that we've been, you know, fingers crossed, hoping to see all season, and that is, you know, a big sort of ten mark four goal performance from him. Well, look, I mean, I'd love to say yes. Last week, I thought he played really well, but also in those conditions. I mean, I guess the fact that he played so many games for Casey Demons put him in good stead for shitty wet weather football. Um, yeah. So <laughs> that might have been a conditions thing that he just actually plays well in that. What's the weather forecast for the, the Saturday? Uh, potentially wet. Okay. Well, if it gets wet and slippery, those odds of a Jack Watts uh, rampage might go up a little bit. I don't know. But uh, yeah. I think that the thing that could catch out the Crows is the fact that he is pretty good when he does have the ball. You know, he is pretty good at hitting targets. So, uh, you know, that's and particularly in a, in a side like ours where that is not a common threat, <laughs> um, that could catch yeah. them out. But I, I guess we'll, I guess we won't know until we see it. But he has been, he certainly, I think last week, not just his effectiveness, but I think his endeavour was really good. And if he can continue that on, I mean, it's just a matter of waiting almost, isn't it? Yeah. Can we make top four if we lose this week? Uh, oh, we can. <laughs> we'll need to win the last three matches, but sure. Mm. Look, I, I think we can still drop this one and still make top four. Yeah. I, I guess the good thing is that there's still a lot of the sort of teams are, are playing each other sort of thing. Yeah, you know, like Richmond and Geelong are playing each other. Sydney and Collingwood are playing each other. In Sydney too. Yeah, so there's a chance that you know it's very possible that Frio might beat West Coast uh, to tr- to try and sort of dent their you know finals run as well. Giving for the Crows, but that Sydney yeah. Swans Collingwood game for me, I think for I think that's the Port fans match of the round apart from the Port game. Um, I think so. Yeah, yeah uh, because if Collingwood loses to Sydney. We play Collingwood, and that could be how you regain a top four point if you do lose a game along the way. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, that's going to be that's going to be a cracker <clears> that <throat> Collingwood Port game when that comes up in a couple of weeks. Ooh. Yes, yes, it will. <laughs> gonna Definitely be good. will. Going to be good shit. All right. Uh, so the question on Spreak Chat, which Windy Runner I think has been waiting very patiently for me to read out. <laughs> um, uh, what are your thoughts on Ratton and Schofield to Port as coaches? Many nicks to GWS. And if another coach is going to get the chop, is it Voss or Laid? Well, I'm very happy if Matty Nix wants to go. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, he's been there for a long time now. Yes. And uh, look, if he wants a new, you know, a, a new challenge, then goodbye. I think. Oh, well, at this stage, um, the best thing for him is to end his career. I would say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's gone from being considered. The, the next senior coach option. Yeah. But that was, you know, that was years three ago. or four years ago now. Mm. Uh, and look, maybe he stagnated a bit. Um, I don't know. I think that's probably the best for him. Look, I've, I'm pretty confident we're going to have Schofield at the club next That'd be year. That would great, wouldn't it? I, I think so. I reckon that would be great. He's got senior coaching experience at, at waffle level. Premiership winning experience. Um, premiership winning experience, absolutely. And... Um, yeah, he'll be bringing his uh, his son along with him, which is uh, definitely a good thing because he's a gun. Yeah. And uh, Ratten. Um, don't know about that. Don't know about that one. Don't know. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Um, 
And then the the last part of Russell Lane is going to get the would, chop. Uh, I guess the thing is, why would he leave? Well, like, what's Brett Ratton going to get from coming over here? Nothing. I don't see it. Hmm. Um, I reckon we chop Lade and bring in Schofield as a forwards coach. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my... Oh, well, look, Ratton's announced that he is leaving Hawthorne, so... Um, I don't know. Would he want to come to Port Adelaide after we knocked him back for a senior coach's job? Uh, look, I mean, this is this is how I feel about Ratton. I feel that Ratton is very much in the I'm just here for a career, fellas. So I don't think we need more of those. I think that's what we're sort of trying to get rid of. I think that if we... I don't think he's what we're after. I think that if we were going to go for someone <coughs> other than a Schofield who does seem to be very ambitious and have a bit of brain, it'd be a, you know, a recently retired player for me. I would be thinking something like that. As opposed well, to I'm, not, I'm not against getting both. Look, I think Ratton's a very, very good assistant mm. and would, would definitely add something to us. Um, you know, he's one, one of the, the brains over, over Hawthorne's. Mm. I think you need a fire in the coaching panel as much as you need it in the, in the team, quite honestly. Um, and I think that Look, it, we've got a very settled, yeah. very settled bunch of coaches that probably need a bit of waking up and a bit of modernising. Yeah. Look, I think Voss has done all right, um, and I'm more than happy to keep him. Uh, I think Laid has been criticised a lot this year. I don't think a lot of it's his fault. Have you seen the delivery into the forward line? Well, he's part of, that's part of his job, isn't it? Well, of maybe. Maybe, well, it'd have maybe to be, not. Surely, I mean, if you're playing a three-man forward line, he's not a forwards coach for three guys, is he? He's a forwards coach. Mm. He's a forward movement coach. So that's him too. Mm. Not sure. Not sure. I, I feel like <laughs> he, he deserves another year. Can you imagine um, being a forwards coach for Port Adelaide and just managing the one forward we play in the forward line? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sam Gray or Jake Need. That's yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> Gets his own special coach. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Um, look, I'm, I'm certainly all for changes in the in the coaching department this year, for sure, okay. 100%. And look, I, I do think we'll be at least bringing in Schofield. I think it's likely that Nix will go, and I think it's likely that one other person will go from the main coaching group. Mm. And then maybe we might see one of the, the second stringers, like a Hinchel or a Greaves, go as well. Okay. Yeah, I definitely want us looking at more recently retired players, though. I think that that is all very... What the young, the, the the most recently retired player on our coaching panel would in fact be Brendan Laid and Schofield, wouldn't it? Like that'd be that'd be it, wouldn't it? Oh, Henschel. Oh, okay, Henschel. Sorry. Apart from Henschel, like they're they're all nineties players. Tom- they're all nineties two thousands players. Scott um, Thompson as well. Okay. Well, they're, again, they're not in senior area, are they? So, I think mm. it's time for an update. I think it's time for a refresh. Yep, that's fair. Mm. Uh, yeah, all right. Um, questions? Got any? Question time. One from Peck. Uh, if we hadn't extended Hinckley's contract, would his job be untenable now? No, because if... Um, no, he, he'd, probably still, he'd probably get an extension. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. He would get an For, extension. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but we are sitting fourth on the ladder at the moment. So yeah, he, I, I don't think... Uh, <laughs> There's no doubt. We're, we're going to be sacking... Someone who's uh, sitting fourth on the ladder this week. Well, I mean, um, in, in the hypothetical, it's not even sacking; it's just choosing to renew. And it's like, 
are you going to choose to renew him at this point? Well, who's the likely other coach that's sort of bobbing up and around right now? I mean, there isn't one as far as I can see. Um, well, it was Brett Ratton. Yeah, but that, exactly, that's it. Like this, this year does not seem to be one of the years when coaches are saying, I'm happy with the second tier of coaches that we will get a good new senior coach. This does not seem to be one of those years. So um, Yeah. Uh, no. No. I, I would think if he was unsigned, he would be staying on this year. Uh, from CT Power, how many seasons has Ryder left in him? He's going to be 31 next year. Would it not be appropriate to offer Lice at the going rate for a first ruckman, even if he only plays 10 to 12 games in 2019 before taking over as first ruckman in 2020? I don't want to pay much for Lice at all. I don't really want him at the team, so that's that. Um, Ryder, who knows? He did have a year off, which um, for ruckman, that actually does kind of count. Uh, because a lot of what makes Ruckman slow down and break down is the fact that the, that extended physical contact. So he has had a year off. So potentially that's just added an extra year on the end of his rucking career. Um, mm. I guess we'll know a year out, but at this point he looks fine. But yeah, we've got Sam yeah. Hayes coming through as well. So let's let's not freak out. We do have Sam Hayes coming through. That's very true. Um, look, I think you can always trade for Ruckman. There seems to be Ruckman that move clubs every year. Um, so I think yeah. if you want a Ruckman, you can always get one. Um, and, and? So I don't think Lysett is that sort of must-have player. And look, if we're going to be paying him 700 grand a year or something like that, that's a hell of a lot of money to only be playing half the games. It's, and... It's... Potentially throwing out our entire forward structure, fitting in a 200 centimetre dinosaur. Um, you know, it might work at West Coast with, with Nick Nat, um, but there's certainly no guarantee that that would work with how we play football. And honestly, if Scott Lysett didn't have a Magpies connection, we would not be talking about him one iota. Yeah, I think that's probably true as well. Um, you know, yeah. I mean,. Uh, I don't we, we don't need I, to draft South Australians. The one that I'd be going after would be uh, Prius from North, but I don't think he's going to leave North because I think um, Goldstein will be the one that leaves North this year. Okay, interesting. Um, Windy Runner on Spreaker Chat has agreed with you on that one uh, about Prius. Yeah. So yeah, and look, I'm mean, sure there's I'm sure there's probably a couple of other secondary ones that have bobbed up for a few games this year that, quite honestly, you could get for cheap. Uh, so why not just get someone for cheap until Sam Hayes is ready? That's that's yeah. my that's my feeling. You know, we, we've got a guy that I'm feeling pretty bloody happy about as far as being the next ruckman of the Port Adelaide Football Club. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Um, yeah, as um, I said, like I, I feel like ruckmen are achievable all, all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that. You know, Wits has moved incredible. recently. Uh, Jacobs has moved. Martin's moved. Uh, Sinclair's moved. Uh, Nankovic has moved, McAvoy's moved, Stanley's moved, Ryder's moved, and they're in the top, top sort of 10 to 12. Um, I'm just looking down the list of, of most hitouts this year. There's a lot of players in that list who've changed clubs. Yep, heaps. So I feel like, I feel like you know, Segler's another one. Um, Simpson's another one. There's so uh, many Hickey's another one. So, and, and going back, <laughs> you know, ends, like, you it's know? not a recent phenomenon either. Like all through the 2000s, Ruckman changed clubs all the time. Like, you know, guys like Darren Jolly and whoever else, they, 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 Ruckman move clubs. They move clubs. It just happens. They, they move clubs a lot. Yeah. You might have to pay overs to get them. Yep. But you can always get them. Yeah, exactly. 
So no, I, I would be sticking with Ryder and uh, and backing in someone like Sam Hayes. And look, if, if Ryder doesn't work out, then you know we'll look for someone next year because there will definitely be someone available. Yeah, absolutely. Um, quick question from Sprekitat, uh from Kirsty or Kirsty saying, "Who's going to win the showdown medal?" Good question. Uh, Sam Jacobs. You're awful. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if it's going to be someone from Port, yeah. I'd love it to be Jack Watts after a big performance. I'm going to say Tom Jonas. I, oh, fair I enough. Reckon he's, I reckon he's due. I reckon, I reckon this will be has it. A def, has a defender ever won a shredding medal? Well, they have. But if they haven't, if someone's going to, I reckon Tom Jonas in his form right now against the Crows forward line as it is right now. I reckon he's as likely as anyone. A shutdown defender. I remember Graham Johncock winning one. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes, the controversial one. Yeah, where, where that, that was about second. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that, that's the only one that I can think of off the top of my head. I'm not really good on my showdown medal uh, lists, Macca. That's always more your field. Um, well, no. they, they always seem to be the key forwards, midfielders, or ruckmen. So. Yeah, but I'm going with Jonas. I'm sticking with Jonas. You can't change my mind. No. That's where Fair I'm enough. Fair enough. Uh, CT Power has also asked, does this Port Adelaide side have the real hunger to win a flag or are they a group of guys who enjoy each other's company and if they have to win, uh, and if they win the odd final, then that's great. A little from column A and a little from column B. Look, I I think they definitely have the real hunger to win a flag. Come on, guys like Robbie Gray and and Travis Bogue will be... Yeah, a couple of them will. dying for... Definitely, definitely. ...to win a flag. Yeah, guys like Ryder, you know, I th- yeah, half our side. The been old there guys, yeah, for a long time. Um, I, you know, when, when you're on the verge of winning a flag, you're a hundred percent going hard at it. I think, for sure. Yeah, but also, I don't know. I guess this is the thing. Like a lot of the players that we always complain about are the ones that you just sort of feel like they're just there for you know, making money on having a career. Um, I don't mm. think there's a lot of them on the side right now, so that's okay. That's good. Mm. Mm. Um, another one from Portly, which is uh, also to do with the last question. Okay. Uh, do, does it also seem to you that Westhoff, Robbie, Boke, and a few others getting close to the end of their careers are leaving nothing on the park this year? Uh, no, I don't reckon that's the case. No, no. Um, I mean, it's one of those questions, I suppose, you can only really answer next season if they drop their bundle. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what nothing on the park is, is that when you're done, you're done. And, uh, you know, if they all bob up and play about the same next level next uh, next uh, level next year, then no, they haven't dropped their bundle this year. But we don't know. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, who knows? We can't really answer that question now. No. Um, no. I would hope that all three of those do have a bit longer to go than just this year, though. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Mm. Uh, fishing Rick, the Rickster, Ugh. the main man. Yeah. Uh, Soto's chips or popcorn whilst watching the game? Uh, well, I'm not near semaphore, so popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, though, I think probably most of our uh, listeners would have the same issue, is that they're not going to yeah. drive yeah, semaphore. <laughs> an hour or catch a plane to uh, to come to um, Adelaide just to get our chips, unfortunately. Yeah, um, well, is that an ambition, though? 
Well, maybe it's you know, I'll, I'll happily uh, shake everyone's hand if they want to come in and uh, buy some of our chips. If you win the premiership, if we win the premiership cup this year, will you offer to fill it with chips for the boys? <laughs> they come down to Soto's. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. That'd be wonderful. Oh, wouldn't that Definitely. be good? Free server chips, uh, a premiership cup full of chips. <laughs> yeah, done. That's a perf- I mean, that's a perfect <laughs> advertiser great. front cover, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And watch the skin folds of all the players go through the roof uh, next next preseason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fishing Rick has also asked: Did Sashi deserve to win MasterChef? I have not watched MasterChef this year. I ke- I didn't know it started, which oh. probably. Says how much I watch commercial TV. There you go. Mm. Uh, yes, he did. Um, by an absolute mile. Yes, absolutely he did. Okay. I only watched the final. That was the only one that I watched. Um, but yes, he absolutely did. He made better food. Uh, Hon- and Honestly, from what I've read, he was the most consistent throughout the whole season. I actually like MasterChef, but realising that I didn't even know it was on probably says how hard it is to break through my habit of watching streaming television. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. If I was a commercial TV station, I don't know how I'd do it if I wanted people like me to watch them. Yeah. don't know. Not sure. I'm just, I'm just always Netflixing or Prime Video or something like that and just, you know, it's on. there's heaps and heaps of stuff you can watch without adverts. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, I still watch uh, a fair bit of reality TV. Stuff yeah. like Survivors just started, so I'll be watching that. Okay. Um, I've been watching House Rules and, you know, all that sort of stuff, so, yeah. But then I do still like, uh, you know, going through Netflix and seeing what there is and Fox as well, obviously, so. Yeah, yeah. Plenty of Fox. Fox while we're in season, I've got that as well. And Client. Yep. Yeah. There's heaps. Uh, One one great club has asked, um, should we have chosen Need this week? No. That should never be a question that ever gets asked. <laughs> How did that really? get asked? Unbelievable. Um, no. no, I think the answer is no. All, all credit to Needy, um, but really? no, I don't think so. I don't I, think so. I, I'm not giving much credit, Macker. I've got to say. <laughs> Look, yeah, you've got Farrell, you've got uh, you've got Sam Gray, Fazza. who's not not in the side at the moment as well. Exactly. Um, so yeah, nah. On that one? Yeah, nah. Uh, what do you think of Farrell and him getting another game? Yeah, I'm happy with that. I think we spoke about that before, but yes, yeah. so I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. All good, so, yes. All good. That's mm-hmm. me done. Questions done. All right. Well, look, we can get into the final round now, I reckon. Um, I see that Windy Runners suggested that Westhoff might win the showdown medal, which, yeah, why not? Yeah, I think he's a big chance Probably with his the... form. And the role that he plays, yeah. if he does play on Alex Keith, I think he's a massive chance. Absolutely, and I guess he, I have to concede that is probably more likely than Tom Jonas, but I'm still sticking with Tom Jonas, damn it. <laughs> You've always been stubborn, so that's, uh, that's great. I'm, I'm, those are my two locks for the, for the week. Tom Jonas, showdown medal, and Port, well, I'll say it now, Port to win by plenty. So let's get on to the winning side of margin. Uh, Maka, what are you tipping? Well, because you're so confident on both of those things, I'm going to say Taylor Walker's going to kick six goals and win the showdown medal. Okay. And the Crows will win by uh, 37 points. Wow. Okay. I'm going to say, I reckon Port's going to win by about 40. And I 40 points. 40 points. You, you count them. You can count them all the way okay. up. We'll get all of them. Uh, it'll be more than 40. 40 plus, I'm going to say. There you go. 40, 
40 plus. 40 plus. Not We're even definitely not winning now. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Christmas is ruined, guys. Sorry. And the high scoring support, I'm going to go with uh, Charlie Dixon because I reckon Adelaide are shit now. There you go. <laughs> He's going to kick like three or four. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Let's, Look, let's in, just all go whole hog. <laughs> in all seriousness, this is, uh, I think this is very much a 50 50 game. I think mm-hmm. the Crows are a huge chance of winning this. Um, we're going to have to be on our uh, on our toes, ready to play from the first minute. I'm going to put all the cliches out there. Uh, we got to be switched on. We have to be switched on. If we're not, then you know we could see what happened last year, and the game might be over at quarter time. Um, and I don't want to see that happen. Um, I want us to come out and win this game. Because um, yep. I think if we do win this game, I think top four. You can almost you can almost lock it in if we win this game. If we lose, then you know we're back to the pack a little bit. Okay. Um, but yes, I'm still going to pick the crows by uh, 37 points. <laughs> uh, Windy Runner on Spreaker Chat has said Port by 32, and here's the big one: Kane Farrell will kick four goals and probably oh. get a Rising Star nomination if he does that. Frankly. Oh. <laughs> yes, please. That'd yeah, be great. I'd be right on board for that. That'd be great. Oof, oof, yeah. oof. Those are the best Rising Star nominations, the ones won against the Crows. They are. <laughs> yeah. um, any fringe players you reckon are going to lock up a spot for next week? I mean, I guess we don't really have any fringe players with no changes in the side. So, no, who's the most well, on the outer? Well, I think we probably do. Yeah, I know um, we do, but like, they're not in imminent threat, I wouldn't have thought. I don't know. Oh, I think... We probably do. <laughs> so, who, who, who's play? yours then? Well, we, yours? we've got Howard to come back in. There's still Sam Gray. There's Trengo. Yeah, Howard to come back in is fair. All um, these, uh, all these other guys that are probably knocking on the door a bit. So I think guys like Farrell, Leanett, Watts, um, probably are probably going to be under the pump a little bit. Maybe Pittard as well. Yeah, be Leanett. Um, so Bonner is another one. We saw him get a bit of a bake last week. So. Uh, Look, I would love uh, Riley Bonner to play really, really well and cement his spot in the side for the finals. Yeah, that would be good. Um, I reckon, though, if you're going to talk about a player that might be on the outer and would need to play well this week to keep their spot, it's definitely got to be Jared Lynott, though, doesn't it? Or Leanett? Yeah. Look, you would think he's... With Howard coming in. um, Unless Hopp shits himself. You probably can't fit all three of Bonner, Pittard and lean it in the one side. So I think one of them has to make weight. Um, at this point in time, I'd probably prefer that player to be Pittard and for Howard to come in to replace Pittard, I think. What about Homsch, though? I mean, who are we playing next week? Who we got? Uh, but, yeah, um, West Coast, don't we? Oh, yeah. Well, how many tall backmen do we need against West Coast? Because if we bring Howard and we keep Homsch, Cleary, and Jonas, like, that is well, still got, a bit tall. they've got Kennedy, Darling, Waterman, Okay, Lyset. so next week we can do that. Okay, cool. Mm. We've got that sorted. Thank you, Maka. Yeah. Um, and are you happy to say we're going to win the Premiership this year? <sighs> are we going to win the Premiership this year? Oh, oh no, Maka. He, he's got, he's got yes. the aches because he has to be positive. <laughs> okay. Cool. Still yes. Still <laughs> okay. yes. Uh, and other games looking forward to, we have already mentioned Sydney versus Collingwood being uh, perhaps the uh, non-Port Adelaide uh, game match of the week for Port fans. Uh, any others you're looking forward to? Yeah, look, I think Richmond-Geelong was going to be a cracker game. Yeah, it should be. Because um, 
you know, both uh, both played pretty similar. They're both pretty quick sides, so I think that's going to be good. I think Hawthorne Essendon is going to be an absolute cranker as well. The old rivals, um, you know, Essendon are in, are in pretty good form and they're knocking on the door, and they'd love to love to get one over Hawthorne, and that would put their spot in the finals in in pressure as well. Yeah. And likewise, Hawthorne would love to end Essendon's run and you know sort of end their sort of finals campaign. So. Yeah, I think both of both of those two games would be pretty good. I think the whole round, really. Like Brisbane North should be a good should be a good game. Hopefully, the Western Bulldogs are pretty even. Um, you know, and the the derby over there, I think that'll be a, a good one as well because I reckon Frio will go all out for that one, and um, you know they'll be definitely wanting to get one over West Coast at uh, at the new stadium. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um... I guess we should give a, a warning to fans that decide to watch Richmond versus Geelong. Um, don't watch the TV commentary because there are so many good boys in both of those teams that um, it's just going to be absolutely unbearable to listen to the commentary on Channel 7. Mm. So be very careful. Yep. You could, uh, I'd agree with that. Yes. All right. Well, I guess we're done, Macker, unless you've got something else you want to say. How you feel? Not really. No, okay. right. no, I'm not. I'm not feeling overly confident about this one, to be honest. I, I think this is one that we might just see a loss, but you never know. You never know. Fingers yeah. crossed. Oh, and one last comment from Woody Runner: thoughts on the round twenty-three fixture of us scoring the Friday night game? Yeah, pretty happy with that. It's good. Friday night is uh, yeah, that's good. Especially Friday night's all right Port, for Port Essendon, isn't it? So. <laughs> You know, if, if we're wanting to win to be top four and they're wanting to win to get into the finals, exactly. um, yeah, sort of game of the round sort of stuff, that one. It certainly is. Uh, and the, oh, the, other, the other thing that I want to mention yeah. is um, Nathan Freeman getting his debut. Yeah, I saw that. This week. Yeah. After uh, four years of constant injuries, um, you know, he was, a, he was a top 10 draft pick. Back in uh, back in the first draft that we spoke about, I reckon back in the yeah. day, and um, yeah, it's uh, good to see him finally breaking through for his debut. Not bad, not bad, is it? It's very good. Oh, I really hope he doesn't ping a hamstring in the first two minutes. Yeah, that would be. Don't, why would you even say that, Macca? <laughs> honestly, though, why would you say that? That's just. Uh. You don't think. You don't think before you speak. I, 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 believe me, I've been told that numerous times before. <laughs> and, oh, and Brandon right. Starcevich is uh, is debuting as well. So that's, oh, is uh, he? That's oh, good. okay. He was one of yeah. our favourites last year. So. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Hmm. Hmm. All right. Well, cool. I guess we're done then. So thanks, everyone, that listened. Thank you, a uh, couple of people that listened live. And I'm sure there's a lot of others that don't participate on the speaker chat. Thank you to you two. Jeez, um, I hope we bloody win this week. Calm the power. Calm ports. Get it done. Calm power. Gray was brave. Running hard. Moore getting forward. One last chance. Boat brilliant. Wines. Monfrey's centering ball. Cassisi. <laughs> you know who again. It is his birthday. <laughs> Kids are freaking.